Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Off Speed Podcast, where we slow things down, take a look at different sports docuseries. Today, we are back with a little bit of a part two. Uh, I chatted with uh, the wonderful Rob and Chappelle about uh, Full Swing on Netflix, uh, and we're going to chat about uh, the full series. My name is uh, Grace. I'm your your host. And of course, it would not be a golf episode of uh, Full Swing if I did not have my good friends, Michael Harrison. Mikey, how you doing? Very well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I binged these uh, eight episodes of Full Swing, I think, in like uh, two days or whatever. So I'm yep. excited to, to dive into these episodes. Thanks for having me. You were uh, you were traveling. I was like, Mike, any chance you can watch uh, Full Swing? And you're like, I, I don't know, maybe that. Uh, but you seem to catch get through it pretty quick. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's why I always yeah. is. Like, I don't know if I'm able to. And then as soon as I yeah. start something, then I just binge them like crazy yeah. and uh, crush them. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I'm a uh, super intrigued, uh, full swing. One of the highest, uh, uh rated shows, uh, of the, uh, of Netflix, uh, recently, I think it was number two behind uh, a perfect match, uh, uh, last week, uh, getting a lot of attention in the vein of formula one drive to survive and break point, which came out uh, in January. Uh, all of these, uh, docuseries sports docuseries, um, like, have you, have you, had, did, you did you experience any of you ever done the formula one drive to survive or did you catch break point earlier this year? No, I uh, haven't seen him. Uh, actually, the Formula One, obviously, I know that was massive success and I got mm-hmm. uh, a legion of new fans to Formula One. And I was sort yeah. of curious. I kind of, I think, went into this golf one kind of a little bit uh, pessimistic, maybe the wrong word, but I guess cautiously optimistic that this could maybe be the same thing for golf. Mm-hmm. Just because it's not as, you know, I love golf, obviously, but it's not quite yeah. the adrenaline rush that a, you know, F1 is. So, I kind of went into that sort of being a little bit unsure. So definitely very curious to know your thoughts about, you know, as we go along here, but your thoughts on this as you're not a, you know, the, hugest golf fan in the world yeah. uh, like i am so yeah so drive to survive um a breakout series and uh, mm-hmm. actually the day that we're recording actually season five dropped on netflix so they're just like cameron these out uh in succession here um and i went back and i picked up where i had left off from driver survivors like oh yeah this whole thing is like yeah worried about car crashes and like the pick crew so yeah there's a little bit of a different energy between this and golf but i do think the thing that works probably want a, a bit more of a team sport than either uh uh break uh, tennis obviously and and golf but i do think you know it's really uh you know we talked about this a little bit on nothing but netflix but it does feel like in both tennis and golf, perhaps, that from a more 
casual person. Maybe this is like, uh, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, when I was like younger and, you know, every morning, like one of my brothers has sports center on or, you know, whatever with, uh, uh, good friends, uh, Jane, Dan, and, um, uh, your good friends, not my good friends. I don't know them. Um, uh, and, uh, they're, you know, the docuseries, a, a, a full swing, definitely chats about Tiger Woods and the impact that he has and, and, and um, you know, how just big of a star he was. And there's uh, but I, I do feel like, yeah, I knew Rory McIlroy. I, I think, you know, Dustin Johnson is a name I certainly knew. But some of these people that they're like, yeah, these are like the number one tennis players in the world. I'm like, nope, haven't heard of you uh, uh, before. Do you as look, I'm outside golf, you're inside golf. Uh, and, and so do you by inside golf, you follow golf uh, a lot more closely than I do. Do you feel like there is, uh, you know, a depletion of, of, say, stars at the top of the world of golf at the moment? Or is that just me having sort of like, you know, I'm just I'm not like, you know, watching. Sport. I don't have, you know, lots of us don't have cable anymore, you know, and the way that like Tiger Woods could dominate um the golfing world and was like he is an anomaly but it you know did feel like even at the time there was there was other he, he you know rising tides left off both other stars who mm-hmm. you'd watch who might beat tiger in the tournament and then and then you know that guy's name um do you feel that's because i feel like that's some of the point of these series is that like you start to get to know somebody and i feel it too that i'm like oh yeah maybe i would check out like if, if i saw that this guy is like uh you know whoever like brooks kepka is, is at the um you know, is in the running at the end of a weekend. Maybe I would, I would hop on or check out what he's doing. Do you feel that that like do you feel that these are like avenues to raise stars, and that's a thing that's needed, or do you feel like yeah, maybe golf is in a good place, and this is just like an additional bonus to get with golf? There's definitely like there's a lot of players who are, are sort of jockeying for position around the world number one to number five, like you know John mm-hmm. Rom and uh, well, it was a few years ago, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and obviously Rory and Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. There's a lot of uh, really, really good players that anytime Scotty Scheffler could, uh, could easily sort of be number one. That being said, there's some of them that aren't necessarily, like, for example, Scotty Scheffler, the world number one, or I guess uh, he's got sur- sur- surpassed. He was world number one, and then the week later, yeah, John Rahm won. Now he's number one. But okay. Scheffler's a great golfer, but he doesn't exactly have that uh, it factor, I guess, where you're mm-hmm. like, you know, a superstar like maybe Rory or obviously Tiger had. So there's definitely some players who are exceptional golfers. Cam Smith won the Players Championship and the Open Championship last year, but he's not exactly necessarily someone that sort of transcends sports and is just a, a star to begin with. Like there's certain same with tennis as well. There's just certain players that just really exude that sort of like a uh, moxie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Whereas some, there's, a, there's some golfers that don't quite have that cachet, I find. But um, yeah, but unlike when when in Tiger's era, like when he was. There was, you know, the VJ Sings and Ernie Els and Mickelson, yeah. those types of players. Now there's a, the t- the tour is certainly much much deeper than it was then. But because of that, you're not getting a guy who's going to win eight, ten times or whatever, which is incredibly rare anyway. But uh, I just feel like there's guys who like yeah. Justin Thomas or or McIlroy will win like three, maybe three times a year type thing because it, it, competition is just so fierce nowadays. Well, I was wondering that too, that I wonder in these sports that are so individual focused that, you know, even if you were like the most dynamic personality in the world, I think the thing that you need to be able to like transcend the golf world, which I I, I think is to a degree like tennis. And I think like formula one, uh, a little bit has like this, like this audience They're not, it's not quite on the level of some of these other sports. And so I feel like the way you could break through you do just have to win. And the more mm-hmm. you just like continually win and people look at you as like, you, you an all time great 
Um, and that's, I feel like what happened with, 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 with Tiger, I don't want to say that Tiger isn't like, uh, an electric figure, but I feel like most of what, why Tiger is electric as a personality is because he's, he's really good at golf. <laughs> sounds so silly, but I don't, I don't often think like, I don't remember, you know, like he has these, like, you know, he's not Muhammad Ali on the microphone, you know, it, it's just that he was so friggin' good at golf. And so he won all the time. And the, the, the clips that you see of Tiger Woods are him, you know, hitting his shots, put, putting, doing the fist bump, holding the trophy. Like this is what this is what Tiger is known for. And I don't mean to like downplay that he's not like I mean he's in, he's an incredible, incredible golfer. But he I don't know that he has like the world's most charisma. And so I feel like to your that, I mean I, this is good because I feel like this is what I was feeling that like in order for there to be a superstar, I think another superstar to come that would even match the level of, of Tiger. I think the, I think more importantly than being a charismatic figure, I think you have to win like a lot, a lot, a lot. And I think nowadays, like, like I was saying, it speaks to the, to the depth of the tour. I yeah. just don't think that's probably going to happen. Like John Rahm this year, he's won three times already, which is yeah. fantastic that he's done that. Uh, and he obviously is capable of winning at any, any given week. Clearly he's exceptional, but I just don't know. Maybe he'll have one season you know, where he wins eight times, but I, I just don't see like Tiger yeah. where he, he or Rory or whatever is going to have that season where they're going to stack like eight, ten wins three, four times or whatever. It's just not possible. Uh, without I would like, imagine that tours. the next Tiger is not, you know, either not playing on the tour, right? Like this is like we need somebody who comes in who is just like, you're just like, oh my God, he's so good and he can win all the time, you know? Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, perhaps just like Rory McIlroy, obviously a very good golfer, uh, episode eight, uh, heavily dedicated to Rory McIlroy uh, and how good he is and how often he won, especially early on in his career. And then they talk about like, yeah, he's had this like seven year, you know, the, the, uh, I can't remember her name, uh, unfortunately, but she's like, you know, I don't want to call it a drought, but you know, mm, it's a drought, you know? Yeah. 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 She's like, it's, it is a drought. So what are you going to do? And I feel like just like Tiger had just had such a long time of being so consistently good that I do feel like, you know, we'll see it as it's happening. I think somebody who can come in and just like have to like blow, blow the socks off of, uh, everybody else. But, uh, I, but I think it's interesting. So. Yeah. I you really don't think don't. so. Yeah. No, no. Like, like I said, John Rom is maybe that guy right now. He's won three times, but, I just like the consistency of you know Tiger. What was it? One hundred. I want to say one hundred forty-two straight cuts. I yeah. think it was, which yeah. is just stupid amazing. Yeah. And just the, his level of, uh, of just his winning percentage, his closing percentage was remarkable. I think. I want to say he only lost. I think three times when he held the lead or co-led after fifty-four holes in his entire career, which is just ridiculous. There, it just again, it just the it's, the tour is just so good. There's too many good players nowadays yeah. for someone to consistently win. Like like he, like VJ Singh in like 2004 won was it nine times? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't see uh, anyone. It's just too close. These guys are all too good to be able to do that. Which um, which kind of makes it interesting though. I like the yeah. fact that it's not just the same guy who's going to be winning every single time. Well, isn't that interesting though? Like, I mean, like uh, in, in so many other sports, it's like uh, you hate the dynasty. You hate the guy who wins. And then in these individual sports, it's like to a degree, you're like, as long as the person is likable, just because it's one person, you like, you kind of want the superstar who wins all the time. Like that's, that's how you make a superstar in, in these other sports, as opposed to like, we're sick of the Patriots winning. We're sick of mm. uh, the Yankees winning, you know? Uh, it's so funny that like, in this, what we are like, we want this in a, in a way, like you're talking about like parody is so is, is great for a sport. Uh, well, I guess what I'm saying is that like, I think it's very interesting that parody can be both good for a sport. And then there's also this thing where it's like, yeah, maybe there's no, who, who's like, could you put on the front uh, cover of a, like every, like, you know, everybody is an over exaggeration, but like, 
I don't think if you put Scotty Scheffler on the cover of uh, whatever, like my parents don't know Scotty Scheffler. They yeah. knew Tiger Woods, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very interesting. So, but I think part of these things is, is you know, A, to get people interested in, in golf as a, as a thing, if you think you might be interested. Uh, and then also to elevate some of these, uh, these personalities. So I obviously talked with Chappelle and Rob about episodes one and two, but we've not got a chance to chat uh, a little uh, with, with you. Um, I really loved episode one, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas being the two people who are focused on these frenemies, uh, Justin yeah. Thomas, uh, uh, sorry, Jordan Spieth being this person who had won a lot more, not a lot more. He'd won three, um, uh, uh, three championships. What, what am I? What am three I majors in like such a short okay. period, of, period of time. It was crazy right. how quickly. And then he led the Masters, uh, going into the uh, the second nine on Sunday. The and it looked like oh he's going to be win win again. And then he made a couple of bogeys in a dreadful yeah. hole twelve. All of a sudden it's like whoa, hold on. Yeah. We, we, at the time people were not saying he was going to be anything close to Tiger because again I don't think that's attainable. But yeah. when he won those three majors and then he led that Masters, it was like okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think now. Maybe he, maybe the the Open Championship came after the after the Masters meltdown. I, I can't remember the chron- chronological mm-hmm. order, but all of a sudden it was like, whoa! All the he, yeah. he, he blew that one. So then, yeah. you know, Tiger Woods never would have done that, you know. Yeah. Type thing. So, so episode one is really like it's that, and then and then it's like Justin Thomas sort of having uh, this moment. He he uh, ends up uh, uh, he he's doing really well in this. In the is it the gosh the U.S. Open I believe uh, could be wrong, uh, and okay. he has this really yeah. bad. He has this really bad uh, day three and then comes back to get to uh, a sort of a shootout uh, and, and, end up, and ends up winning. I thought like a phenomenal story to start uh, the whole show. I was like, you know, it's as I have, the, you know, I have, a, uh, you know, my thoughts about golf that I, you know, it's not my favorite sport, Mikey. Uh, uh, and, you know, and I love a very boring sport in baseball, mm-hmm. some would say. Um and I just thought, like, this was what a great story that got handed in their lap at like the beginning of the year is uh, the Jordan Spieth, uh, Justin Thomas story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I checked. Yeah, that the Spieth won the Open Championship for his third major after the the Masters meltdown. But yeah, he hadn't won uh, uh, any regular tournament tournament in like three, four years after. And it, people were like, "Oh, is he already done?" Like, but the thing with it, going back to Rory earlier, like he's won like three FedEx Cups because he hasn't won majors. I yeah. obviously understand majors are where everyone's looking at, but. He still had a dominant career, but it's just so hard to win. There's like, uh there's a really good um line, I think, from the same person. Uh Amanda Winner. Is it what, what was her name? Is it Amanda Winner? Amanda Renner. It? Yeah, she's Renner. Great. Uh uh, she has this thing about uh, I can't remember who she's talking about, but she says, like, all right, they'll start to win. Uh they they won't have won. They'll start to win. They'll say, Well, I gotta win more, gotta win a major. Win a major. Like, well, gotta win more. It surely should be winning more majors. Uh, I do love uh uh like her like commentary on like nothing is good enough. Uh, everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah. Stuff, no doubt. And speaking of winning the majors, I, uh, for that episode too, I really loved about Brooks Kepka because uh-huh. I, I really just, uh, he was on top of the world. He basically had to start out his career on the European tour as they sort of showed on that, uh, on the epi- that episode, wasn't super well known. And all of a sudden he wins four majors, uh, back-to-back PGAs and US Opens, which was just amazing. Just pure dominance. I thought it was really interesting to watch that episode go from this guy who a lot of people don't like him. I love that he's cocky and brash because you love him or hate him type of personality. There's not enough of those in golf. Like a, you know, Bryson yeah. DeChambeau, unfortunately, uh, is that live now, so you don't get to see him anymore, really. But there's, I love the polarizing figures, Patrick Reed, for different reasons. But yeah. uh, Kepka was a lot of people loved him or hated him. And uh, just to see him sort of stripped down with all the injuries and, like, he's no longer this cocky guy, although – I, I'm pretty sure he pretended to not remember who won the Masters, which was pretty funny. But yeah, yeah, it was just yeah. interesting. It was fascinating to me to see a guy who 
was like on top of the world for this crazy spin. And then all of a sudden now with injuries and everything, like that's the thing about golf we were speaking to. The players are so good that if you get injured or yeah. you lose confidence, all of a sudden yeah. you're no longer a top player and then you can fall. You get, golf is a, a sport where there have been some legendary players who've fallen pretty darn hard for a couple of years. And it's just like, why? It makes no sense. But yeah. it's just, it's golf. It's just so hard. Who's the Canadian guy? Mike Weir, I feel like, was like, everyone was like, oh, it's great. And then he just like, yeah, yeah he won, uh, obviously won the Masters for Masters. his third win in, in 03. And, and then yeah. he, he also had injuries. Uh, yeah. And because he was never a long ball hitter, he always relied on his wedge, wedge game and his putter. Got those injuries. He started to get creep into his 40s and then he just couldn't keep up yeah. with the, with the yeah. tour. Um, so the Kepka episode is is mostly about Brooks Kepka, mostly about his sort of like overthinking it. Is it good enough? Uh, he has this like uh, a trophy uh, case where uh, there's a bunch of blank shelves, empty shelves, because he wants to motivate himself to to, to win. Um, compared to Scotty Scheffler, who I think at the time of um, that, that sort of that was recording was the number one golfer in the world, and uh, that this dude is just like doesn't really think that much about golf. Like even there's a, a classic moment where he's talking about uh, his wife eating popcorn in bed, uh, literally while he's mm. on uh, the golf course. Um, mm. So what'd you make of like the comparison here between uh, this mostly kept episode with uh, comparing him to uh, comparing, contrasting him, I guess, to Scotty Scheffler. I thought it was brilliant because basically Brooks Kepka was what Scotty Scheffler was like in terms right. of just winning, right. winning, winning. But even before I, I'm almost certain of this, like Scheffler went from, no PJ tour victories to ascending to a number one in the world quicker than anyone ever has in the history of golf. Like winning those four tournaments uh, just was just insane that like, and then uh, a couple of weeks ago, he won the Phoenix open for his first time since winning those four big tournaments. And he blew the, the FedEx cup to Rory McIlroy at a six stroke league going to the final round. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was very fascinating. Yeah. It was really interesting to me to, to sort of, like you say, con- contrast the fact that like Sheffer was Kepka and then Kepka even admitted like, I don't know, week in and week out. Kepka yeah. said that before when he was on the PGA Tour anyway, mm-hmm. that he doesn't really get up for regular tournaments. He only really cares about the majors. So week yeah. in and week out, he can't really compete with these guys. And it, on it, it was just a startling admission to me that he was saying these things about himself. Uh, and I believe he made the quote, like, when you have all the confidence in the world, you don't think you're ever going to lose it. And then yeah. once you lose it, you don't think you're ever going to get it back. So who knows? Scotty Scheffler doesn't – I would be – shocked if he had a, a prolonged slump but the, he could very well for a couple of years not win and everyone's gonna be like why aren't you winning more it's, it's, yeah. it's just so tough yeah so episode three focuses on mostly ian poulter and mm-hmm. live golf uh uh mikey and uh i think they do a pretty good job explaining live golf i mean they do get some like live golf shots i'm wondering how they they got because i know this is like an agreement with the pga tour uh i mean i i I don't think unfairly but live golf is definitely painted as like if you're going there you are taking money uh but like some of these guys i get like i guess see like most of the interviews that they do is like before they're going uh very compelling i thought um specifically ian poulter when he gets asked at the end of the episode like you going to go to live? And he's like, you know, it's a business opportunity. Dustin Johnson uh, talks a lot about um, why he's going to do it. His wife talks a lot about like the decision uh, uh, to do it. But uh, yeah, live certainly makes an appearance here in episode three. Um, what'd you make of, of the, like, you know, they talk about the, I think in the beginning of the show, it's like, yeah, you picked quite the year to follow the PGA tour. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is crazy how, and it's unfortunate. I, I mentioned uh, earlier there, Bryson DeChambeau, Mm-hmm. That like he went to live along with Patrick Reed and DJ and all the Poulter and all those 
slew of guys. And it's unfortunate that like we don't get to see these guys compete uh, as much anymore. Well, except for if they, if they are able to qualify for the majors because yeah, it, it is too bad because there's so much, it's so fun to see uh, these guys battle it out. And unfortunately live has fractured that. And now these guys, and who knows five years from now, maybe people will care, but live in terms of legacy. That's the main reason I think to not go there. Yes. Of course you're chasing the money. I totally get that. Especially for a guy like Poulter, who's basically 45, 46, pretty much probably never going to win again on the PGA tour. Take that money. That's fine. But for a young player, uh, like a Cam Smith, who's in his twenties and he's won two big tournaments this year. I just don't see how live. And maybe I'm wrong. Who knows how this will go, but who cares about the tournaments? I'm a huge golf fan. I don't even know the tournament's names. So I just don't see what the point is of taking this money and having wins that are so hollow. No one's going to care about those victories. So, well, I do feel like that's like uh, part of what Rory McIlroy is trying to, and that they really hammer this home in the last episode that like there is a legacy and a history to these, the, the PGA tour and winning some of these tournaments are more meaningful than live, but you also do have to win. And I guess what you're saying is like, it's really interesting that there's these guys who are like good enough to compete. Like Cameron Smith is someone who can compete and oh. he's choosing like, yeah, the idea, the argument is kind of guaranteed money versus not guaranteed money. But if you're that good, is it really not guaranteed money? Like it's such, such a long shot, uh, no pun intended, that uh, someone like Cam Smith is not going to make it to the weekend where he's going to earn money, right? Um, like Dustin Johnson, is he not? Is he really not going to make uh, a money? I, I, I don't know. I, I, the comparison in terms of like how much he, you would make in terms of his guaranteed money, I would imagine some of these like big names are getting a lot of guaranteed money uh, uh, on you know on top of on top of winning. But yeah, uh, yeah. Cameron Smith won $5 million from four starts in love golf apparently last year. So, yeah, know. it's, yeah. uh, I, 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 look, uh, Hey, I'm not the one making the money. So yeah, to yeah, say yeah. Yeah, for yeah. someone to dangle a hundred million dollars in front of you, I, I can't accurately fully comment on that. No one could, unless they're in that situation. Yeah. yeah. It just seems weird. By the way, a side tangent. I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, I thought that well, basically my only, Real criticism of the sh- of uh, full swing. I thought it was really bizarre that uh, I totally understand them ex- because they're bringing in potentially a new audience here, uh-huh. explaining birdies and bogeys. That makes total sense. Uh-huh. Explaining what a cut is. Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah. I, 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 but they explained the cut each of the first four episodes each time. I was yeah. like, we've explained yeah. this four times now. It was just yeah. bizarre to me. I'm like, I totally again. I totally understand. Nobody, nobody gets twice. Does anybody get cut? Ian Poulter, Ian Poulter doesn't make the Masters, but he doesn't get cut, right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't get cut in the weekend. I, I know eventually there's somebody who does. Somebody gets cut before the weekend, I think, in one of these episodes. But I don't uh, think it's. Well, I can't exactly. Yeah, no, it's okay. But, That's okay. All right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, they do it a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this weird. is the. I mean, this is the interesting thing that, like, you and I are chatting with. You're a huge golf fan. I'm a very casual golf fan, and the show, you know, they want to make it work for for both of us, right? So. Just um, strange that they would explain the same thing over each of the first four episodes. Yeah. Like I think if you're, yeah. I would think by the fourth binging episode, binging it too, binging it, yeah, yeah, true, very, yeah. very weird, but yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I loved seeing Ian Poulter freak out. I love that. I love him mm-hmm. uh, chucking his uh, chucking his clubs in the mm-hmm. in the thing, like a real authentic moment that we don't see a lot. I think in as much in golf, I would say uh, that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, one of the things that if they, I think they're doing a second series that I would love to see more of our guys who aren't stars 
They did that a little bit with Joel Damon, which is the next episode we'll talk about here, episode uh-huh. four. Obviously, uh-huh. he's still won a PGA Tour, man. He's still making quite a bit of money. But I would love to see a, a grinder who's like maybe early 40s, just trying to scrape by, trying to keep his tour card. We're, we're, we're missing the cut literally is like the worst. Like, obviously, no one wants to miss the cut. Like, Poulter was mm-hmm. mad for missing it. But when and he's got a bunch of money, so it's not a big deal. But I'd love to see a few episodes of, of guys who are trying so desperately to make this their their profession. And they just kind of can't really quite do it. They're, I guess, this sort of borrow a, a baseball analogy. They're sort of quadruple A players. They're not good enough for the big mm-hmm. leagues. But they're not quite, they're too good for the, for sort of the minor leagues type of thing. Yeah. Let's chat about episode four with, uh, uh, with our buddy, Joel Damon. Uh, I loved him immediately. So, mm-hmm. some, I mean, I, you know, I get like, I love his caddy being like, yeah, I want him to like be more serious. And he's just like, I don't know, maybe like, uh, you know, somebody has got to be the 70th best golfer in the world. Might as well be me. I'm like, God, that's so fun. That's so, but then like, you know, uh, there's this like push and pull between like, if he actually maybe like believed him in himself a little more, he, he could, he could like, he could be better maybe uh so fascinating that he's like uh just this like very kind of complacent guy um but we do get to see him have a pretty good uh pretty good showing right uh at the uh at the u.s open mm-hmm. um i believe which he almost doesn't make we see his qualifying uh game um it's well, a big which, advertisement uh, for white claws uh which was yeah. hilarious that was so yeah. funny to me that i uh, obviously the pg not the, yeah the pga tour or whatever uh, none of them would be too happy i don't think to see that he uh, had those in between did you, rounds, see, but. Did you see that uh, uh poulter had uh had some alcohol in his uh in his closet when he checked uh, his clubs oh i didn't uh, i didn't see that yeah no. yeah yeah a little <laughs> easter egg yeah 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 no it's hilarious that he has the white claws yeah between uh, damon's such a fun personality and yeah uh, so funny. you saw at the phoenix open where he ripped off a shirt like harry yes. higgs there definitely harry higgs has to be Hopefully in season two, because that guy is just, he hasn't won yet, but he's come, he's had, he's had, had a few brushes with uh, almost getting that first victory. Yeah. But he is such a fun guy. And because he is that way, I think it sort of takes away from his actual golf game, which at times can be excellent as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of a, basically like a Andrew Beef, I don't know if you knew him, Andrew Beef Johnston. Uh, he sort of became a, a sort of folk hero about four or five years ago. Now he's been injured and hasn't played for a while, but. He sort of he had a crazy beard and he had a great sort of demeanor about him. He definitely could have been sort of a star if he won more, but he didn't. He only won I think the once on the European Tour. Oh, yeah, but he was there sort of a folk hero, which sort of took away from the fact that like no, he's actually a really yeah. good player. Yeah. And Joel Damon is somewhat in the same breath, uh, same uh, sort of trajectory of uh, at least certainly this episode of you know people love him and he's really fascinating. But yeah, he's a really good player too. Like obviously they all are. But very, uh, yeah. I love the, I love the how self-deprecating he was, and also I thought it was a cool moment that uh, when he sort of left, when he was talking to, um, I think it was Rory McIlroy, Morikawa, and John Rahm, yeah, at a table together. He's and, having a good day, right? Like he's like competing, and the, yeah, these three, the three like superstars are at the table. Yeah, yeah, that was cool that they were like when he yeah. when Damon left, like yeah, this guy, it's fun watching him play. It's like oh, that's yeah. really cool to me because it's like yeah. he is whatever around the seventieth player in the world. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they weren't going to trash him with cameras there, but it yeah. just kind of it was, it was a really neat look into that. I thought. I also loved. Uh, I loved uh, um, his caddy, uh, Gino. I, I thought like that was so fun. Uh, this guy who like loves. Uh, they love each other. They're like uh, best buds, mm-hmm. um, and and their relationship I thought was was uh, was really good. There's a moment where I think. Uh, 
uh, Damon's having this really good day and Gino sits down and he's like, yeah, I have 12,000 texts. I got to get back to you. I'm not going to be able to get back to you all uh, looking to the camera. Uh, I just thought it was great. I thought it was like, uh, this is, this is a highlight for me. Uh, the, uh, the Joel Damon episode. Uh, I think that to me, I, I go back and forth between the Kepka episode and the Damon one in terms of my favorite one. It might very well be Damon, but yeah. I think the Kepka one slightly edges it only, I guess as a, as a fan of knowing Kepka over the last few years, maybe it'd be different for someone who didn't really know Kepka yeah. uh, in terms of whether they yeah. liked it more. But to me, knowing how cocky and brash he was, it was really fascinating to see him like sort of stripped down. But uh, yeah, that Damon one easily at worst, the top two episode, in my opinion. Yep. So episode six, which is uh, American Dreams, focuses on uh, Matt Matt Fitzpatrick and uh, and Dustin Johnson. What'd you make? Of, what'd you make of this one? I thought it was, a, it was a pretty good episode. I mean, you're not exactly taking. Well, speaking of well, Fitzpatrick won that U.S. Open that year, and, and mm-hmm. obviously Dustin Johnson has won has won two majors. Speaking earlier of you know guys who don't necessarily have that sort of uh, pedigree is the wrong word, but have that sort of uh, charisma, I guess. I guess sort of DJ did over time because of the winning and just sort of his like laid back at, uh, sort of ways kind of people sort of were drawn to that. Fitzpatrick, supremely talented player, clearly doesn't quite have that sort of it factor, I guess, mm-hmm. but, um, but still nonetheless uh, excellent, especially because, and I, I'm glad they sort of touched on it. Like there's other players who just struggled to win and like call Montgomery, uh, won all over Europe, like you million, I think he won like six straight order of merits, but never won in the States for whatever crazy reason, lost a couple majors and playoffs. Fitzpatrick for a while there, it's like, okay, is this guy going to finally win in the States? Like he's too good not to. And oftentimes it's tough for these guys to, um, um, to break through. You would think for sure he would win way more, but I don't know, but yeah, it was, it was really good. Uh, uh, U.S. Open. That was actually one of the better U.S. Open final uh, final rounds in quite some time. I quite liked uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's uh, documented every single golf shot he's ever taken. Uh, like stats wild. to me, I was like, yeah, that's that's incredible. Uh, yeah. It's like this, you know, he looks at. They talk about how he's not this big guy, and so he doesn't have, you know, it's like that is a thing that actually matters in golf. I thought that was kind of interesting because I wouldn't have really thought that to a degree. Like, obviously, yes, you want to be like strong. And if you're big, you can like, you know, you hit the ball really far. But like, you know, uh, this idea that like, yeah, if you're smaller, actually, why that's I've never really thought about that. I, I often think like golfers come in like different shapes and sizes, I guess, in, in, in my head. Um, hey, he's just he's got this like boyish look. He's got his braces. You know, I, th- I thought he was like, uh, I thought it was really uh, fun uh, to me. Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick. Nice for sure, yeah. For sure. Uh, which like, you know, I think like you compare him, I think it's uh, interesting to have to, for him to be in the same episode as Dustin Johnson. Obviously Dustin mm-hmm. Johnson's big story of this episode is him choosing to sign with Liv. Um, he makes a ton of money. I think he gets like 250, $125 million signing bonus uh, just for signing. And uh, really? in the same episode, Fitzpatrick gets it. They, they ask him, like, did you get, did you get offer Liv? He's like, yeah, it's kind of half-hearted, you know, half-hearted yeah. offer. Um, which uh, I think like this dynamic of like, who can be, you know, big name uh, in golf is you try to have, Justin Johnson is a very charismatic guy, married to Wayne Gretzky's daughter, Paulina Gretzky. Uh, you know, he's this like figure. Uh, and then you have Matt Fitz- Fitz- Fitzpatrick, uh, who's sort of like this like you know, smaller, more quiet guy. I thought it was like uh, a interesting comparison between, good, good between the two. Good dichotomy for between them, absolutely. And yeah, yeah Fitzpatrick is uh, clearly crazy talent. And uh, yeah, it is true. Like it, it is kind of cool to contrast the fact this big, you know, burly sort of, you know, tall guy and, and Dustin Johnson and then it's Patrick, you know, 
middle-aged height or whatever, uh, or middle, um, yeah. you know, uh, mid height, not, uh, yeah. not as, not uh, huge muscles or whatever. And it was kind of cool to see the contrast there. Absolutely. Um, I do think also like, um, there's a scene where Fitzpatrick is, uh, watching the, the golf coverage before he's about to leave and go. And they're talking about him because he's leading uh, the tournament. I thought it was fascinating. Uh, and then in terms of like him being like not this like superstar, he's leading. Uh, I believe it's the U.S. Open. He's leading. He arrives at the gate and the, the guard's like, uh, your name? Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, Matt Fitzpatrick. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck, man. Good luck today. Yeah, Might, might uh, be uh, leading the tournament or, you know, playing some pretty good golf right now. Yeah, that's no, <laughs> pretty uh, funny hilarious um maybe not my favorite uh episode but i i thought mm-hmm. i thought in terms of like if one of my least favorite episodes is still a good episode that's like a good indication of how the show is um i loved episode six i thought the tony finale stuff was yes. great um yes. i thought that um this idea that you can't be successful if you're too focused on your family and he disproves that by winning uh, these back-to-back weekends I thought was so good. Um, also, like his son looks up to him and, and is uh, is playing at the uh, uh, the, the juniors. Um, it's just so good. It's uh, there's a little bit of Colin uh, Morikawa in this episode. Who um, I did love uh, him going to what's the tournament where he he, he gets to hold the, he gets the trophy all year and he brings it back to Scotland. I think oh the Open Championship. Yeah, yeah, so good. I thought that was really fun. Uh, there's not a ton to Colin's story, but I loved the Tony Finale. Uh, a story so so much uh talking about his like his relationship with his mother um and all this stuff mm-hmm. i thought this was for me i think nobody's stock was raised higher for me in terms of somebody i would be invested in watching golf play more than tony finau i'm a tony yeah. finau man yeah yeah, yeah. and, and it, everyone are pretty much non uh everyone even before this episode were tony finau fans because he's just a, such a fun player to watch and he's obviously an amazing guy there, there was one part of it, the more cow part that i thought was funny was them deciding what clothes they're gonna wear. It's oh, so, this was good. He goes, "That's not just, my style, man." Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny because, like, if I ever, if I'm playing for a round of golf, obviously I'm not. Spoiler alert: playing for millions of dollars, sadly. Yeah. But I, I'm just like, oh, okay, what's clean? Like, what I, yeah, 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 <laughs> I'm yeah. not planning out my wardrobe, so it's very, and it's not just a, a Morikawa thing. They all I, sort of. Uh, I couldn't believe it actually that all this stuff is like, you know, I I get like sponsorships and all that, but I kind of just thought like, yeah, hey, you wear whatever. And I noticed this in uh, in Breakpoint as well. You'd see these guys. When, there's a lot of like people packing their bags in the hotel room, and they would be like packing the same shirt like eight, like like twenty times because they would like that's their like almost like their uniform uh, mm-hmm. for for um for the tournament. It's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Colin McCaw being like, no, nah, I think it's more your style than mine, man. I loved it. I loved that. Yeah. <laughs> that was very funny. But yeah, back to back to of course what we were saying there, Finau. Yeah, he and I, I know I always keep I keep harping on the fact that it's so difficult to win, but like it was in, crazy that he won in Puerto Rico early in his career. And then he went, I think it was five, six years before that second victory. And it was just like he had racked up all of these top tens, all these top fives. And it's yeah. like always i think they said he had, had 10 runner-ups it's like come on dude so then he finally won a playoff event and a playoff against cam smith the year prior and then as like, okay maybe the floodgates will open here and to see him do do win back-to-back weeks of the 3m open and uh at uh, in detroit there uh for, for the rocket mortgage it was just so awesome to see that hard work pay off and also uh that's the other thing about uh not going to live he perhaps, well, he does benefit from these guys who might have taken that trophy away from him. Yeah. Bryson DeChambeau has uh, won the Rocket Mortgage in, his, in, in the past. Mm-hmm. So maybe he would have played and maybe he would have won and Fina wouldn't have. 
So that there's that's the added benefit for staying in the PGA Tour. I'm not discrediting Finau's oh, win. He's still yeah, fantastic. Yeah. He yeah. might still have won anyway, but it definitely gives you an an edge if these guys, other guys, can't even compete. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm big Tony Finau fan. I thought this was uh, this was tremendous. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, balances like all the like you know what it's like to to play as a golfer. Uh, Finau is he the one who says when he showed up he 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 parked in the winners parking lot? That's hilarious. Yeah, and yeah. Move and he said I'll see you next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that was, that was great. And they tell the story. I love this. Uh, just getting like insights into like what it's like to be a golfer. Is he talks about uh, as he gets to the tournament how if people won they want the same number. Uh, that they got last year and so like if they were like if they checked in 36 uh and they won they'll like come in they'll be like yeah you're 15th They're like okay i'll come back save 36 yeah. for me or whatever i thought that was so fun and his uh, mm-hmm. uh him hanging out with his dad i thought was great uh th- them going to his childhood home where you can see the golf marks i don't know if you um uh, uh but i grew up in a, a town where many of the garage doors had many hockey puck dents uh, <laughs> uh in, in them uh in my hometown so i, I love that i, I thought I, I i that's so it was great and I would say his dad was one of the stars of the series. His dad, every time he had something to say, it was just hilarious. And yeah, uh, yeah definitely. I, I, in my episode rankings, uh, Finau without question in the top three, could it, I could even be coaxed into saying higher than that. But uh, yeah. I would say, yeah, Kepka, Damon and Finau were the three episodes to me anyway, those ones that for sure in some order, the top three, at least in my opinion. Yeah. So uh, you want to you talked about, uh, you know, trying to focus on a golfer who maybe has not had uh, uh, as much success. You, you want like way lower down. Uh, this maybe uh, is as close as we get, which is uh, uh, Sahit Tagala uh, and the Mito Pereira episode in episode uh, seven. So at least uh, Tagala, uh, he has uh, sort of this heartbreaking finish. Uh, he's like uh, he's been struggling and he finally has this great moment and ends up sort of like uh you know, I don't want to say blowing it because I feel like uh, they thought his dad, I think, is the one who's like saying like, no, you got to learn from every mistake. And, it's, you know, you know, fail forward. Uh, uh, this is great. You know, um, I definitely thought he was sort of the star of this episode much more than uh, than Mito Pereira, who sort of has a storyline about his friend and Mito taking some time off from golf. And so then coming in as a rookie a little bit older than you normally uh, uh, would. And his friend, uh, is it Neiman? Uh, uh, who sort of uh, is having a little bit more success um, and like, gets a photo off with Tiger Woods. Uh, I thought this uh, this was a pretty fun episode. Uh, episode seven. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, Thagala pretty much like it was his rookie year as a as a chronicle. And then at the Phoenix Open, which is the you know the craziest event in golf, he almost won as they show. And a star was born that week. It was like this guy's just cool. Like he just he has, he has a swagger about him. We were talking earlier about some guys just don't have that it factor. The gala absolutely has that it, it factor without question. And so he's yeah. easily one of my favorite golfers in the PGA tour. And yeah, to see him come so close, he hit a great drive on 17, just took a sort of an unfortunate bounce. That's unfortunately the way things go. If you don't win the, the, the other thing that I, I was wish the camera crew had still, I guess, obviously at that point, they got what they wanted for their footage with the gala later in that same year at, uh, at the travelers championship, which they don't show. He led on the last hole of the tournament. So it's like, okay, uh-huh. he lost Phoenix. Is it again? Now he's going to win. It's yeah. his tee shot. In the, I would have won a lot of money on it too. So I was very disappointed. Mm-hmm. It's his tee shot into the fairway bunker. Tries to decide what to do there. He decides to hit it out of it. Bad mistake. Goes nowhere. Makes double bogey and loses the tournament again. So oh gosh, that, yeah. that was even more painful because he was on the last hole and he's the decision he made. I wish they would have had camera crew on him for that because that was even closer of a victory for 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 a Thigala, but yeah, uh, I said he this. Is a star. 
I said this in the uh, in the in the Netflix episode that I, I'm so intrigued. I, I I would love to get like behind the scenes uh, how they decide how they're going to map out the sync because they must mm. just go into the year and as sort of things are happening, they go, okay, we probably got our Spieth and Thomas story right. Like we've been interviewing them and and we got that, but they had to have interviewed a bunch of different people at the first, mm. you know, uh, during some of this early stuff and then and then seeing. I thought this one it seemed um, Breakpoint was completely chronological. Um, and I believe uh, Drive to Survive has mostly been chronological. I feel like this one had a little bit of jumping uh, mm -hmm. back and forth uh, more than maybe some some others did, which I, I actually don't mind. I don't think they need to like be held. If you can make a better story, uh, even if it's not in chronological order, I think that that's totally um, totally fine. Um, but um, yeah, this is a uh, yeah. As you're saying, like there's other stuff that they, so I'm super intrigued by how they like. They just have to watch everything and then try to map out and hope they get a good story, right? So yeah, that's, that's it. it's got to be quite, quite yeah. the challenge. No, no doubt about that. And yeah. unfortunately, in this episode, of course, you brought up uh, Mito Pereira and Joaquin Neiman. Uh, yeah, they both went to live golf. So, uh, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing because they, you know, didn't. I guess they, whenever they stopped filming, there's certain players that. Uh, uh, went to live golf and Neiman is uh, one that's the Genesis Invitational for wire to wire as they showed at the at Riviera and it's, he was he's a young superstar and unfortunately now he's gone so it's kind of disappointing you know wow uh, that's so interesting that they uh, and they didn't mention it you know and in terms of a season two like uh, be like yeah that guy's over there now so he uh, he can't all right so episode eight the season finale uh, this is. Roy McElroy's story. Um, it's uh, it's about him uh, in the uh, in this in this final tournament to to win the tour. While also, uh, I feel like um, this like defense of the PGA Tour versus Live of like what what the PGA Tour means. But like uh, they talk a lot about how this is not a team sport, um, and they're not like there's not like leaders in the clubhouse, and yet this is a year where Rory McElroy is sort of put in a leadership position. It's literally him and Tiger who convene these 23 players um, uh, uh, who play on the PGA tour to try to be like this, how we're moving forward. Uh, very interesting that he's like, uh, someone asked him like, what was that meeting like? And he's like, I'm actually not going to say uh, there are some changes we want to be made on the PGA tour uh, so that we can all stick around. But like, we're going to figure that out. And it's not for uh, the guys. I thought this was really fascinating. And basically like just how dedicated Rory is, right. That he's from such a young kid. He wanted to be a golfer and uh, how much he idolized Tiger. And, and then um, we get obviously not only his success through his uh, career, but obviously ending uh, the season last year uh, by winning. Yeah. And uh, well, they didn't mention it in the, in the document or in the series there, but uh, one of the big changes for Rory McIlroy and, and Tiger Woods is next, I believe it's next year. They're starting. I'm not entirely sure of the details, but basically a Monday golf event or exhibition or league or something. I mean, it may not league, but like there's going to be Monday golf uh, featuring them and some other players uh, next year. So that's one of the changes that, uh, or one of the additions, I guess they're going to do. Um, yeah, I know that Rory, what I really love about Rory is in a general sense, he just, he says it like it is. And sometimes of course you might say something you, you regret or like, but he, he, uh, he stands by, he has conviction. He has stands by what he says. There's no, uh, you know, reading between the lines with him. I really, really appreciate that because as you know, I'm sure there's so many athletes, like they don't say anything of substance at all. And then when they do say it, which I always hate, we want our athletes to say something and then they say something. And then we all of a sudden yeah, we start roasting them for saying something, which I, I, you can't have it both ways. Right. So I, I always frustrates me. And I thought like, yeah, Rory was a, a great custodian of the game and, and obviously an, an immense talent. And uh, some of the, some of the, 
things he said I thought were really funny. Like when he's t- when he said uh, F F Phil Mickelson, I thought that was quite funny. Yeah. F you uh, Phil. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, uh, he very recently spoke about being involved in this and he signed on at the end of last year to do it. Uh, so he was not initially signed on to do it. He had mm. it, every major major had been completed. And then he said, so speaking of like trying to map this out, they get really lucky that he signs on. And, and so they get him, uh, but he was very strict about what they could and could not record. Uh, he said, you're not coming to my house. You're not coming in my car and you're not going anywhere near my family. But if you want to do some stuff with me at golf tournaments, we're totally fine. Those are the ground rules that were set. And here we are. Uh, so obviously he had a lot of uh, uh, control. And um, it's very interesting. I think that like these, um, I'm, I, you know, I'm not as immersed in Formula One. Breakpoint, um, like so funny, like Rafael Nadal was just set up as like a figure in the series. Like he obviously didn't sit down uh, to do it in the same way that like in this series, like Tiger Woods is occasionally, you know, like people like, oh, I love Tiger. Here's Tiger. Here's video of Tiger, like on the thing. We didn't get out, get a sit down interview with Tiger Woods, so I think they're very fortunate to have gotten Roy because I think it adds a lot of credibility uh, uh, to this to the show, which I think it's fair. Once he's now seen, probably is a pretty PGA Tour like positive uh, a documentary that he's uh, good to be on board as long as uh, he sort of gets to dictate a little bit of how that looks. So I'm really glad that Roy McIlroy got to to be in it, but. Um, yeah, uh, I know John John Rahm is somebody who you talked about is like a big name. He he doesn't sign on. Is there anybody else you would have liked to have seen um, in full swing? Well, like I said, I mentioned earlier, Harry Higgs. Um, in terms of the guy who's who's like very much still uh, playing, and he's he's not in super danger of losing his, his tour card. A player mm-hmm. who I have always actually really liked for a number of years, who I think would be really interesting, uh, is Robert Garrigus. I don't know if they would ever go to him uh, because not only is he a fascinating character, but he, but uh, 10 years ago or so was his heyday. He won once, kind of kicked away a couple of tournaments, lost a few playoffs. Hasn't been anywhere near. He's basically, it's he's struggling to get starts in the PGA Tour now. I think he's in his mid-40s now. And it would just be interesting, again, to follow someone really trying to recapture that old glory. And uh, as opposed to someone who's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I lost, but I still made $2 million. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be kind of fun to see some somebody sort of uh, like that or whatever. Um, obviously, I'd be... Marshall is not going to happen, of course, to see uh, John Daly, but that doesn't make any sense because he's on the Champions Tour. But in terms of the yeah, PGA Tour players, certainly Rom would be their white whale. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. he's a you know a great fiery uh, personality without question. Um, but yeah, I just want I would love to see them focus a few more episodes on. I think they probably will on guys who are not quite at the top of the of, of golf because that's where the real stories are really interesting when you're grinding to make that cut. Because you've missed seven in a row or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Those would be, the, I think, the better stories. Yeah, uh, I really like this. I think we'll get, a, I think, I believe it's been uh, renewed. Netflix will do another series. They seem to be really all in on these uh, on these sports docuseries. So uh, I know that, uh, interestingly, like the tennis one, um, they did the first five episodes in January. And then again, we'll release another five episodes in, in June, which we'll look to cover here on Offspeed um, again. But this one, they dropped uh, seemingly all eight episodes, which actually is the shortest amount of episodes for because every season of Drive to Survive has been has been 10. So uh, perhaps in a season two, we'll get a few more episodes and maybe a few more people highlighted. Uh, and also just very notably, only uh, the men's uh, tour. I wonder if they'll um, see if they can get any of the the women um, uh, mm. for a future season as well. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, we talked through each episode. I mean, I think it was very strong. I think that, like, you know, as I said, I think if the, the weakest episode is sort of one that I'm, I still liked, I think that's like an incredibly good sign for the series. That was really fun. I got to know some people I had no idea about before. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was fun. 
Actually, uh, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I'm very, was fascinated to hear your thoughts on this considering, you know, golf's my number one sport and golf isn't yours. Uh, it's cool to know that you were into it and, and hopefully other people, are, well, I guess they are. I, I saw it as number two in Canada, uh, the, the, the show. I was like, Oh, cool. That's kind of neat. I actually, I thought of another player that would be interesting to sort of follow uh, speaking of someone who's former glory and also a Ryder Cup angle, uh, Luke Donald was number one in the world, uh, never won a major, but he was number one in the world and won, I think, five or six PGA Tour events. He hasn't really done a whole lot here the last five years or so. Like he's sort of playing a little bit and making some cuts and doing OK, but nothing anywhere close to that level that he used to be. So it'd be kind of cool to see him try to get back to that. In addition to now he's the Ryder Cup captain because it was going to be Henrik Stenson. But because he signed on with Liv, uh, they said, no, the, the European Ryder Cups, you know, that's a huge division uh, with the Ryder Cuppers there. No, you're not, you're not our captain anymore. So then Luke Donald was thrust into that role. That's uh, going to be for next year, I guess, the Ryder Cup, uh, or upcoming this year. And uh, that'd be kind of a, a fun uh, person to follow, definitely for that as well. And, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, division with this Liv thing. And yeah, speaking of Rory, uh, him and Sergio Garcia were good buddies, but – Recently, uh, Sergio basically said with all of this stuff going on, Rory was really immature, which sort of they, they lost their friendship because of that, which was hilarious to me. I love Sergio, but he's had a litany of immature things he's done on and off the golf course. So it's always very uh, funny when someone doesn't have that self-awareness to say that. But uh, definitely a lot of turmoil this season. So following season two of, um, of uh, this show is going to be really good because now that Liv is an actual thing, the first time this um, uh, throughout the series, it was it was just, it was a threat to be a thing. Season two of full swing, it'll be literally in full swing. Live so yeah, that's uh, right. It'll be really good. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for coming through and chatting and on providing your expertise, Mike. This was great. Oh, I, I love it uh, anytime, and uh, I could talk about golf for hours. So <laughs> yeah. Um, what else you got going on? Where can people find you? Uh, well, you, on social media, uh, you can find me at, uh, at Hound Dog Harrison, uh, Hound OG Harrison. Uh, and I actually, re- I, don't, I can't believe I did this, but I recently signed up for uh, TikTok, which I said I never would do. Yes. Uh, which yes. is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically to do my golf videos, my all bets par off uh, golf videos where I pick four players and uh, give betting advice for that. Uh, also, um, I'm going to start doing them again, uh, some podcasts, the H Dog Pod. Um, I want to get mm-hmm. to at least episode 100 of those. Yeah. I'm on episode 92, uh, so I've been doing that. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me on the social medias. Cool. Um, I'm doing lots of stuff here on Rob as a podcast. You can catch RHAP Game Night. Uh, recently, we played uh, Sushi Go uh, with uh, Ali Lasher, Maggie Morgan, Aaron Robertson, Mike Bloom, and Marianne Okech from Survivor 42. Check out the replay on the Twitch and YouTube channels over on post show recaps, covering lots of stuff, including the last of us movies and poker face, everything else I'm doing. You can find me on Twitter at high from grace. Uh, and uh, we're going to try to uh, get an episode about formula one drive to survive season five, the, uh, you know, the premier uh, sports docuseries from Netflix. We'll try to get that out uh, as soon as uh, uh, we can. So um, uh, yeah, until uh, next time the podcast is over.